Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I'm sorry to be getting this into your feed so late tonight, but please welcome in our last performance for the month of July, Miss Ellen Drew and Miss Maureen O'Hara in The Last Rose of Summer. Miss Ellen Drew and Miss Maureen O'Hara had a tremendous career with Miss Ellen Drew only appearing behind the microphone two times, but Miss Maureen O'Hara appeared behind the microphone more than 20 times, appearing in such radio shows as Suspense, Lux Theater, The Whistler, and many others. But Miss Ellen Drew had a tremendous career starring and co-starring in many movies such as The Man from Colorado, Christmas in July, Man in the Saddle, Johnny O'Clock, Isles of the Dead with Mr. Boris Karloff, and many others. But Miss Maureen O'Hara also appeared in many movies such as How Green Is My Valley Rio Grande The Parent Trap and starring with Mr. John Wayne who was not only her co-star but also her longtime friend in such movies as The Quiet Man, Big Jake, The Wings of Eagles, and many others. She also appeared in the 1947 classic Christmas holiday movie, Miracle on 34th Street. But tonight, Miss Miss O'Hara and Miss Ellen Drew play dramatic roles in this first episode starring Miss Ellen Drew with co-stars Ted Reed as her husband Paul and Miss Agnes Moorhead as her Aunt Julie. Miss Ellen Drew plays a woman named Carol. Carol is traveling with her husband on vacation to visit her Uncle Henry and Aunt Julie who have a farm out in the country but unfortunately for them their dream vacation turns into a nightmare the title of the episode is called Uncle Henry's Rosebush and it appeared on the CBS comedy or CBS mystery show Suspense and in the second episode Miss Maureen O'Hara plays a woman named Jenny Virginia. Jenny and her fiance Terry Riley, who is a detective, try to solve murders that have been happening in their town. The title of the episode is called The White Rose Murders. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Ellen Drew 
and Miss Maureen O'Hara in The Last Rose of Summer. Please comment and subscribe and enjoy the show, guys. Thanks. again to introduce Columbia's program, Suspense. Our starring Hollywood cast of characters reads as follows for tonight. As Aunt Julie, one of those stark, severe, and terrifying women who is encountered ever so often along the grimmer outposts of the American countryside, Miss Agnes Moorhead. As Carol Linden, the girl who returned to a scene of childhood happiness and found terror living in the house, Miss Ellen Drew. As Paul, Carol's husband, who had his own ideas... As to the explanation of these strange events, Mr. Ted Reed. A first radio play by Larry Roman called Uncle Henry's Rosebush is tonight's tale of suspense. If you have been with us before, you will know that suspense is compounded of mystery and suspicion and dangerous adventure. In this series are tales calculated to intrigue, to stir your nerves, to offer you a precarious situation and then withhold the solution until the last possible moment. And so it is with Uncle Henry's Rosebush and the performances of Agnes Moorhead as Aunt Julie, Ellen Drew as Carol, and Ted Reed as Paul. We again hope to keep you in suspense. I shall tell you the story exactly as it happened. There's no use pretending. I'll never forget, and I know I'll not awake and find it all a dream. It's real, and for the rest of my life, I shall know it's real. Paul was to have his first vacation since we were married. I suggested we visit my Aunt Julie and Uncle Henry, who had a small farm upstate. They had always been very kind to me. When I was a child, I used to spend my summer vacations with them. They loved children. I've often wondered why they never had any of their own. Some time ago, I had lost track of them. They'd never seen Paul, and I was certain they'd like to. Paul said it would be fine. We'll surprise them, I thought. We were the ones who were surprised. Just a few more miles, Paul. I remember this road. We used to hike along it going to the village. Ah, this country air is wonderful. Two weeks of green grass and wicker chairs. I can't think of anything better. Oh, you'll love Aunt Julie and Uncle Henry. They live alone, quiet and peaceful. It'd be quite a change from the city. Yeah. Well, they must be happy together. Oh, they are, but they're lonely. Smooth lawns and orchards. And flowers. Uncle Henry planted huge rose bushes around the porch. Every night as I crawled in the bed, he used to bring me a rose. They're his favorite flowers. Ah, uh, vacation, here we come. Come on, Carl, let's go. Here we go. There it is. Carol, look. Why, Paul. Are you sure this is the place? Yes, but all the weeds and the broken shutters. Looks as though it's been neglected for months. I don't understand. Perhaps it's deserted. But it 
can't be. It's their home. Well, come on. Let's go up and see. The dirt on this porch must be an inch thick. No answer. Nobody here. Look, Paul, over there at the end of the porch. The rose bush. Uncle Henry's rose bush. Why, it's trimmed and neat. It's the only thing that seems to be taken care of. Well, then somebody must be here. Maybe they can tell us what happened to Aunt Julie and Uncle Henry. Knock again. Someone's coming. Well? We're looking for a Mr. and Mrs. Connors. They used to live... uh, Why, Aunt Julie, I didn't recognize you. But it's me, Aunt Julie. It's, It's Carol. I wasn't expecting you. Paul's vacation. We thought we'd spend it here. Well, you've been asking for us for years. This is Paul, my husband. Carol's told me so much Why did you come? What? I said, why did you come? Well, aren't you glad to see us? Aunt Julie, something's happened. Nothing's happened. Oh, but it did. Tell me, Aunt Julie, we'll help. Of course we will. You shouldn't have come. Well, Carol, if she doesn't want us, let's go. No, Paul. This isn't like you, Aunt Julie. Something dreadful has happened. I know it. Go, Carol. Please go. Listen, if it's money, Aunt Julie, well, we haven't got too much, but you're welcome to I tell you, nothing's wrong. But there must be. This house... You're her husband. I'm asking you to take her and go away. Oh. Come on, Carol. We're not wanted. Let's go. We're going to stay. Well, there you are. She's your niece, and you know how stubborn she can be. We're going to stay. Where's Uncle Henry? I say, where's Uncle Henry? He's... He's not here. But where is he? He's not here. Isn't that enough? Well, he's back. He won't be. Oh, but Aunt Julie... He won't ever be back. I stood there bewildered. Aunt Julie had run out of the room. Perhaps she was crying. I don't know. I just knew that Uncle Henry was gone. He had left her. It seemed strangely impossible. They'd always been so happy. So supremely happy that it seemed that the only thing that could separate them on this earth was death. And now this. I couldn't believe it. Paul and I walked into the living room. It was almost as dusty as the outside. The curtains were dirty, the floor littered with old newspapers. The entire room showed the same signs of neglect as the outside. And when I recalled how neat Aunt Julie had always been with her housework, oh, a feeling of apprehension crawled up my back. Frankly, I was fright, frightfully worried, and, and I could tell by the look on Paul's face that he was worried, too. I don't like it, Paul. There's something strange here. Yeah. I never saw a house in such a mess. It's not just the house. It's more than that. Something much more. I'm sure of it. Well, really, Carol, it's none of our business, don't you? Well, perhaps not, but... You don't know Aunt Julie like I do. She'd never ask for help. No matter how much she needed it. I'm just not prying, Paul. I suppose you're right. They've always been so kind to me, I've got to help them. But how can we, Carol? We don't even know what's wrong. They were always so happy together. Somehow I can't believe they've broken up. Something else has happened. Something terrible. And I'm going to stay until I find out what. (laughs) Well, in that case, we'd better find a place to sleep. All the bedrooms are upstairs. Come on. Right. 
Well, look at the dust on the banister. I bet this place hasn't been cleaned in a month. Paul. Huh? Did you see the way she looks? Yeah. She, her face seems completely wrinkled with worry. No wonder I didn't recognize her. She seems much older and, and frightened. Well, do you think she's ill? I don't know. I wish I did. That hole. Gloomy and dirty. Uh, where do these doors go to? That one's to Aunt Julie's room, and this one's Uncle Henry's. The one across the way is the spare. I guess that's ours. Well, let's go in. Wow. What a mess. Well, might as well get busy cleaning. Yeah, there's nothing like a good round of house cleaning before supper. Paul, so long as Uncle Henry's not here, maybe we can take his room. Got an adjoining door to Aunt Julie's, and then in case she needs us, we'll be near. Okay. It doesn't matter to me which room we clean. Let's go. Yeah. This one over here. Well, this is... Oh, look. It's... it's all clean and neat. Well, I'll be darned. It's the only clean place in the whole house. I don't understand. Every room is inches in dirt, except this one. The outside is completely neglected. Except the rose bush. Uncle Henry's room and Uncle Henry's rose bush. I don't get it. Well, look, uh, on the dresser there. Aunt Julie's picture and a pipe and tobacco. Why, that's Uncle Henry's favorite pipe. Drawers full of shirts, socks, underwear. Cal, if your uncle went away, why did he leave this? I don't know. Strange, but... What's that paper, Paul? Why, it looks like... It is an, an insurance policy for $30,000... Payable to your Aunt Julie in case Uncle Henry dies. Cal, what this is... What are you is... two doing here? Uh, Aunt Julia. What are you doing here? Well, we thought... What's we that could... in your hand? An insurance. Give it to me. But I... I keep out of this room. Well, we didn't know that. I didn't know how to take this. Uncle Henry's pipe and all his clothes were still in his room. And yet, Uncle Henry was gone. I couldn't understand why Aunt Julie got so angry. I looked to Paul for an explanation could tell he had something on his mind, but I didn't dare ask him what it was, and he didn't say. After Aunt Julie's outburst, we went back to the spare room and cleaned it. Then we washed and started downstairs for supper. Watch your step, Carol. These aren't the strongest-looking stairs. It'll be all right. Paul, what do you make of Aunt Julie's behavior? Frankly, Carol, I'm worried. I'm frightened. May as well admit it. There's something strange here that frightens me to death. Well, I... I don't think there's anything to be frightened of. It's just that... Oh. Yeah, that's the last step. This way to the kitchen. All right. Oh, as I was saying, I, I don't think there's... Look out, Cal! <laughs> well, that was close. That vase just missed you. A vase? Yes, and it was a heavy one. The one at the top of the stairway. Oh, it would have hit me. Yeah. Oh, Paul, I'm frightened. Look, coming down the stairs. What happened? vase fell. Just missed Carol. Oh, don't worry about it. I didn't like the vase anyway. The vase? What about Carol? She almost got killed. Never mind, Paul. It was an accident. An accident? We were just going in for supper, Aunt Julie. Care to join us? Well, I... Come on, Aunt Julie. It'll do you good. Oh, all right. Here. You two sit right down. I'll have something prepared in a minute. I'm not very hungry. Oh, nonsense, Aunt Julie. I'll, I'll fix something that'll make your mouth water. You know, when uh, when Carol and I get through cleaning this place up, it'll look just like new. Yeah? 
Sure. I I think when Carol and I have a family, we'll take them to a farm. Really? Yes, yes. You know, this this place would be swell for children. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> what did I say? What's the matter? What's the matter with Aunt Julie? Uh, where is she going? I don't know. I, I was just trying to make conversation. Just talked about children on a farm, that's all. Oh, Paul, I'm frightfully worried. Do you think we ought to call a doctor for her? I don't know. We have to do something. She certainly doesn't look too well. But maybe she isn't really sick. What do you mean? Well, maybe if your Uncle Henry did leave her, well, then maybe... You mean you mean she still loves him? It's possible, but... Oh, but you don't really believe it. Oh, Carol, I don't know what to believe. I just know something's wrong. Uh-huh. I'm not hungry, Paul. Me either. Let's go for a walk. Maybe we can figure something out. Country's so peaceful and beautiful in the night. Yes, it is. I wish you could enjoy it. But I can. Oh, don't try to fool me. Your first vacation in years, and you run into this. Well, we have to help her. Of course. But how? Yes, we don't even know what's wrong. She not only won't tell, but we can't get near her long enough to talk to her. Suppose Uncle Henry really did leave her. He may have gone off in a huff. That would account for the clothes being here. Well, perhaps. And, and suppose she still is in love with him. Well, that would account oh, for... Oh, but even if that's so, could that make her feel so badly? Make her act like this? Not not talking, neglecting everything? Everything except his room and his flowers. I don't know. A woman's love is a strange thing. You left me, I... Well, I don't know what I'd do. Well, if that is the case, the thing to do is to make her forget. That won't be easy. No, I don't imagine it would be. But suppose... Suppose we take her to the city with us until she forgets. Well, we could ask her at least. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Let's go find her. Oh. Hey, watch out. Oh. You almost fell. Oh, I tripped. I'm all right. Let's... Look, Paul. What? Look what I tripped over. It's a mound of freshly dug earth. Well, what's that for? Paul. Paul, it looks like a, a grave. Oh, don't be silly. Why, it's just a, a... Forget it. Come on, let's find Aunt Julie. Paul, that... Forget it. Say, uh... What's that building over there? That's the barn. There used to be a swell old cow there with a bell around her neck and chickens and ducks and all sorts of pets. Yeah, this must have been a happy place. It was, but now... Paul, standing by the barn, it's Aunt Julie. Come on, let's ask her now. Aunt Julie, what are you two doing? Following me? How could you? Well, it was a nuisance. Oh, Aunt Julie. Oh. A cat with its neck wrung. This was the first indication of Aunt Julie's ruthlessness. It seemed so unlike the Aunt Julie that I knew. She was always kind. There was no mistaking the anger in her eyes as she stood there in the dim moonlight, the strangled cat in her hands. She killed it, she said, because it was a nuisance. If she could do that, what else was she capable of doing? Paul and I went into the house. We went upstairs and put the finishing touches in our room and went to bed. I couldn't sleep. And as I watched the moon make its slow, solitary way across the heaven, 
I kept thinking. Paul and I are also a nuisance. Paul and I are also a nuisance. Toward midnight, I became drowsy and was just beginning to fall off to sleep when I, I heard footsteps in the hall. Paul. Uh, what? Paul. Paul, wake up. What? Oh, what is that? Shh. I hear footsteps in the hall. I don't hear anything. There. Hear it? Yeah. Must be Aunt Julie. What what, what would she be doing up this time of night? I don't know, but who else could it be? I'll go see. I'm coming with you. Now, quiet. Don't put on the light. I can't see. Yes, now I can. It is Aunt Julie. She's walking down the hall. I think she's coming this way. Quiet. Shh. I think she's... What's she got in her hand? Looks like a scissors. Scissors? Yes. What would she be doing with... Carol, she's coming this way. <gasps> Get back in bed, quick. What? Get in bed. All right, now. Quiet.
that day we spent cleaning, and all day Aunt Julie was nowhere to be seen. Yet I had a strange feeling that something, someone was watching our every move. Toward evening, Paul and I sat down for a bite to eat. More coffee? No, thanks. I wonder where Aunt Julie is. I don't know, Carol. That's a strange aunt you've got. Yes. Oh, look. The window. What is it? Uh, I I saw someone looking in. What? There's no one there now. But I'm sure I saw... Probably just a shadow. Yes. Probably just a shadow. You're on edge, Carol. I'll be all right. Finish your coffee. I'll start cleaning the bathroom. Both work on the kitchen. And I'll take care of the downstairs. All right. Paul, you look worried. You know, this this whole crazy business. Let's not talk about it. But putting roses on a... I'm sorry, Carol. It's you I'm really worried about. If if something should happen to you, I'll never forgive myself. Nothing will happen. Now finish your coffee. I'll start cleaning the bathroom. Okay, Carol. I won't be long. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't too bad. Just the sink. Some hot water. There, that's it. Wash rag around the sink bowl. won't be half bad when it's clean. Uh, the medicine chest. Clean the mirror. Shelves. Oh. Uh, Paul. Paul. What is it, Carol? Come here. What is it, Carol? What's the matter? Look. They're in the medicine chest. Where? What's a hypodermic needle? What would a hypodermic needle be doing here? Well, it's not likely to be here for nothing. Look, alongside of it. A bottle of... What's it say? I... I can't read it. It's awful-looking stuff. Open the bottle. All right. That cork's in tight. There, there. Oh, nauseating. Stuff like that would kill a person. Paul, it's not a joke. I'm sorry, Carol. Do you really think Aunt Julie... I don't know. Oh, it can't be, Paul. It can't be. Maybe not, but we better find out. And quickly, Carol, there's one more thing to do. I'm going to see if that's really Uncle Henry's grave. I'm going to dig it up. Well, Paul, you can't. Don't you see? I have to. If it is, we're in danger. Of course. I'm still not sure that falling vase was an accident. We have to find out about this business once and for all. I'm coming with you. We walked out toward the back of the house. And through my mind flashed the succession of events. Neglected house, Aunt Julie's insistence that we leave. The roses, the grave, the insurance policy, and now the hypodermic needle and that infernal oil. All the evidence pointed to but one conclusion. I couldn't believe it, and yet, there it was, motive and method. And now we were going outside to dig up the last remaining evidence. Well, this is it, Cal. Sure you want to watch? I won't stay in this house alone. Look at the beautiful roses around it. Hurry up, Paul. Let's get it over with. Okay. Here goes. I never thought I'd turn into a grave digger. This dirt isn't packed tight. Easy to dig. It's getting dark. Yeah. 
Oh, I think I'll run in and get a lantern. I'll be right back, Carol. All right. Every one of those lengthening shadows looked like a ghost. It gets dark quickly in the country. I was afraid, but I knew Paul would be back in a minute. I picked up the shovel and began to dig. Oh, there. That's better. I'm not so nervous. I'm working. Is that you behind me, Paul? Bring the lantern closer. Gee, it's so dark. Paul. Paul, I... Look at Henry! What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing to my grave? Put it back. Put it back. Oh, my flowers, my beautiful flowers, my lovely roses. You've hurt them. You've hurt my roses, and I won't let you. I won't. I won't. Keep away, Uncle Henry. I won't let you hurt my roses. My sweet, delicate roses. Take your hands away. Take them. You broke them. You killed them. Stop it. Stop it, Henry. I'm going to kill her just as she did my roses. Stop it. Take your hands away. Henry. 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 Oh. Oh, forgive me, Henry. I didn't mean... Are you all right, Carol? Yes. Oh, yes, I think so. What happened? What? Uncle Henry? And Julie saved my life, Paul. And we thought she... Oh, can you ever forgive us, Julie? You didn't know. Then you didn't know. dead at all? No. No, he wasn't. I don't understand. He was living in his room all the time, Carol. I was taking care of him. When you two insisted on staying here, I, I kept him out of sight. Oh, I, I didn't want to kill him, and I had to. He would have killed Carol. And Julie. Oh, if you only had left when I asked you to. But perhaps it's better this way. He never got that violent before. I could always take care of him. The hypodermic needle and the sedative calmed him when he got a little wild. But then, then when I saw him strangle a cat, I knew he was getting completely out of hand. Yes, it, it's better this way. He's better off dead. <laughs> Poor Uncle Henry. The grave and the roses were a whim of his. <laughs> a whim. And look, he fell right in his own grave. And so closes the story, Uncle Henry's Rosebush, starring Agnes Moorhead, Ellen Drew, and Ted Reed. Tonight's tale of suspense. This is your narrator, the man in black, who conveys to you Columbia's invitation to spend this half hour in suspense with us again next week, same time, when we will present another flowery bouquet of suspicion and terror and a homicidal maniac at large. Only this time... The roses will be white. The story will be The White Rose Murders by Cornell Woolrich. The tale of a killer who trademarked his crimes by leaving a white rose on the victim. Our star will be Maureen O'Hara. The producer of these broadcasts is William Spear, with Ted Bliss, the director, Bernard Herman, and Lucian Mahowick, conductor and composer, and Larry Roman, the author, collaborated on tonight's Suspense. This is CBS. 
Suspense. This is The Man in Black, here again to introduce Columbia's program, Suspense. Our star this evening is Miss Maureen O'Hara, whom you've seen rise to stardom in Hollywood within the short space of a year. Her performances in the 20th Century Fox production, How Green Was My Valley, then more recently in The Immortal Sergeant, and now currently in the RKO production, This Land Is Mine, have given her an enviable place in the ranks of America's new film favorites. Miss O'Hara makes her first appearance on our suspense stage tonight as the heroine of A Study in Homicidal Mania, The White Rose Murders by Cornell Woolrich, which is tonight's tale of suspense. He stood there waiting. He knew that presently they would come out of the second-rate dance hall, out into the dimly lit street. He listened a while and smiled as the orchestra played that tune inside. And then they came out, the two girls. And still he waited, close enough to hear what they were saying. Well, I'll see you at the office tomorrow, Sally. Oh, I don't know how I'll get up. It's after one o'clock. Six hours sleep. Oh, I'll be dead tomorrow. <laughs> Me too. Oh, gosh. I gotta have at least eight hours or I'm no good at all. I wish I had someone to walk me to the bus. It's four long blocks. I'll walk you down, Sally. Oh, don't bother. We go in different directions. Well, it's no trouble. Really, I don't mind. But really, it's not necessary. In the narrow alley that divides the dance hall from an ugly office building, he stood smiling. Just a little inside the alley, he stood stiffly against the wall, his head back, eyes closed, arms straight down, and in his left hand, a white rose. Well, all right then, Sally. Good night. Good night, Joan. See you in the morning. Oh, I hope I don't have to wait long for the bus. places the limp body on the ground. Then he opens her clenched fist and carefully so that the thorns will not bruise her flesh. He places in her hand the white rosebud. Pardon me, my good man. Is it true that you are the famous detective Terence Riley? Huh? Oh, Jenny, I didn't see you come in. Well, now that I'm here, how about offering to buy a cup of coffee for the girl you're going to marry? You can never get up enough nerve to ask her. Oh, it's no use, Jenny. I guess we better call it quits. I'm just a dick on the homicide squad, and that's all I'll ever be. And I'm a rich debutante. We don't belong together. Oh, you've been reading too many of those romantic stories, Terry. What is it this time? What's wrong? Yeah, they call him the White Rose Killer. But he's got to be caught. It's a general demotion coming on if he isn't, and that's... All I need to get back into uniform. Oh, don't worry, darling. You always look good in blue. Yeah. Just to match the way I feel. 
Tell me more about the White Rose Killer. What's he like? That's the stumble. He, he could be anybody. No one's ever seen him except the dead. And they don't talk about it afterwards. Just slips out of the shadows and kills and then slips back again. How many has he murdered? Four. He's not through yet. It's going to be one of those chain things if he's allowed to keep on. Are you sure it's always the same one? Yeah, that part of it we're sure of. The same touch, the same way of operating every time. How do you know that? Well, it's a rose. A white rosebud. Death rose. Puts it into each victim's hand after he kills it. Her? Yep. It's always a woman. A young woman between 19 and 23. What's behind it? Do you have any idea? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. But here's what I figured out. You know what a rose stands for. Symbolically, I mean. Why, yes, it's, uh, it's the flower of love. The white rose, uh, the bud, has another meaning. Purity, loyalty, devotion, and especially it stands for a young girl. That's right. And that's about the way I see it. So maybe it's a double cross, committed against our murderer by some young girl whom he worshipped and who betrayed his faith in her. You ought to be a detective, not me. <laughs> Thanks, darling. I've got a very fine teacher. <laughs> Sweet. There's another thing. The murders were all committed near places where there was music, dance halls, and cabarets and the like. There's a song that brings back the original shock that, you know, gives him the final push over into the darkness. As far as we can figure out, it's the beer barrel polka. Well, how does he commit the murder? Is it always the same way? Mm, always. Strangulation between the hands, with the thumb into the windpipe to keep his victims from crying out. But isn't there anything else you know about him? No, that's, that's why it's so hopeless. He's insane, of course, but there's only this one phase to his insanity. Probably perfectly normal in appearance and behavior. You can pass him on the street and even know it. Well, it's only when he sees someone vaguely like the girl he loved and hears that song, that the one defective wire in him is jangled and short circuit. But, Terry, the flowers, don't the flowers tell you? He must get them somewhere you could trace. Well, we don't know where he gets them. Maybe he steals them or... Terry... What if you were the one to get him? Well, I mean a citation and a promotion. And then all the things that stand between us would disappear? We could get married? Well, the chances would be a lot better anyway. But what chance have I? Everyone in the department has been working their heads off for weeks and they've all failed. Uh-huh. Uh, Terry, what were the girls like? The ones he killed? Well, as, as I told you, they were all between 19 and 23. Their heights were pretty much the same, too. They were all tall girls, around five feet, six or seven. A little taller than you. And all dark-haired. How did they wear their hair? Why, they... Say, what is this? Oh, nothing, darling. Just just interested. How did they wear their hair? Well, from what I remember, they uh, were sort of loose and curly down the back. I suppose each one had a resemblance to that long-dead love of his. That's probably it. Well, anyway, that's how the record stands. And we're all waiting for it to happen again. I see. Uh, Terry, um, I'd like to go home now. I shouldn't have told you all that stuff. I've given you the creeps. Oh, come on, Terry. Take me home. Later, Jenny stands by the window in her room, looking out thinking. She doesn't move for a long time. 
Then suddenly, quickly, she goes to her closet and begins to rummage through her many pairs of shoes. Carefully, she picks one pair with three-inch heels. Five foot six or seven. Then she walks quickly to the dresser, opens a drawer, takes out a comb and starts redoing her hair. Worn loose and curly down the back. Well, here we go. Edward! Edward! Yes, miss? Is the car ready? Yes, Miss Virginia. I've been waiting for you. Let's go before Mother sees me. Your mother's been looking for you, Miss. I hope you didn't tell her. No, Miss Virginia, I didn't. Good. Come on, Edward. Where do you wish to go, Miss Virginia? The Starlight Dance Hall on Grove and 2nd Street. The Starlight, Miss? Yes, Edward, that's the place. I wouldn't go there any scorsy, did I, were you, Miss? It's one of the worst places in the city. It has a very bad reputation. The Starlight Dance Hall, Edward. Very good, miss. Very good. Jenny walks slowly around the low light of dance hall. A tall figure leaning against a pillar watches her intently as he idly smokes a cigarette. He doesn't seem to belong there. His clothes don't have the nattiness of a dance lover. Jenny pauses not far from him. Deliberately, he throws his cigarette on the floor, steps on it, and slowly walks over to her. Hello. Oh. Oh, hello. You're not with anyone, are you? Oh, no, I, I'm alone. I thought so. I've been watching you all the time. Have you? I haven't seen you dance yet. I don't know anyone here. How about dancing with me, then? All right. Come on. Let's go out on the floor. Do you come here often? No. I never go to the same place twice. You don't? Why? I'm always looking for new faces. I'm restless. Do you find the faces you're looking for? Listen. Listen to that song. I like that. I like it very much. Yes, it... It is a nice song. You know, you remind me of someone I used to know. I'm trying to think who. I do? Yeah. You mind if we stop dancing and go over and get a drink? No. Uh, let's go. Well, let's go down for some air. We can come back in a few minutes. Come on. But... We'll be back before the music starts. Oh, you're hurting my arm. Am I? I'm sorry. Yeah, smells good, doesn't it? It's so dark here. Let's go back. You're not scared, are you? Oh, no, it's... it's Let's it's walk just down this I... alley and back. Oh, please, please. No, you Let me go. Thanks. That's a lovely necklace, beautiful. Why, you're just a cheap... Shut thing. up. All you wanted was my necklace. So long, beautiful. Look out. What's the matter? Behind you, look. Holy... She's dead. A girl... Murdered. With a white rosebud in her hand. Well, Jenny, happened again last night. Just like the other times. A girl strangled in an alley and a white rose in her hand. Any news of the killer? No. 
He might just as well float through the air for all the trace he leaves. He must have bought the flower upstairs in the dance hall. He must have been there earlier, bought it, and saved no, it. No, there was only one rose sold up there all night. And to a man who had a different girl with him. We had the flower girl. At... How did you know that they sold flowers there? I didn't tell you. Well, I... I must have read it somewhere. You couldn't have. It wasn't in any of the papers. No details were given, just the statement that an unidentified body was found. Well, I... Well, I just imagined that they'd sell flowers in a place like that. Well, I'm glad you don't go near those dance halls. Why, with this nut running around loose... Oh, don't bother about that. We'd better catch this killer. And fast. Where, where do you get this wee stuff? To hear you talk, you'd think that you were on the case, too. Wouldn't you think so? To hear me talk? Again, Jenny tours the low dives, hunting for the white rose killer. Her search carries her to the waterfront. And as she walks past each dingy bar, she listens to the jukebox music. After midnight, she passes a dirty windowed saloon. The thin music catches her ear. She pauses and listens, her eyes alive for some sign, some indication of the person she's looking for. Then suddenly her body becomes rigid as her eyes fall upon a figure huddled in the shadows. Someone's watching me. Slowly, she starts to walk up the street. Behind her, the heavy tread of a man's footsteps keep pace with hers. It's a quiet tread, unhurried but deliberate. For several blocks, it keeps the exact distance. Jenny starts to walk faster. I've got to know if he's really following me. The man quickens his pace. Jenny starts across the street. The man follows. She's sure now, sure that the man is following her. She fumbles for something in her purse. Her hand closes around a gun. If he tries anything, I'll shoot. You in any trouble, lady? Oh, no, officer. It's all right. You scared him away. Scared who away? Oh, just a man who wanted to bring me flowers. That's all. Well, he brought you one anyhow, lady. What do you mean? Right there on the ground, right by your feet. A white rose. <laughs> Coffee, Mabel. Sure, coming right up. Here you are. Terry. Terry. Hello, Jenny. Sit down. Thank you. Say, what's the matter with you? Look, darling, read the gossip column in this paper. What daughter of a socially prominent family sat way about a detective and waits for him outside the station house in her limousine every night? Private chauffeur and all, but Mama says no. That's not so funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, they held a big family war council over me just now. Indian powwow, feathered headdress and everything. They did, huh? Well, what'd they decide? Oh, I was asked to give my word that I wouldn't see you anymore. I refused, of course, so I'm to be exiled. Where to? Our summer home. It's just a few hours out of town, but I'll be there all by myself. Just with Mrs. Crosby, the housekeeper. Oh, maybe they're right. Why don't you listen to them? Are you on their side, too? No. When are you leaving? Right away. Edwards is driving me out. I just slipped out to let you know. Here's the address and phone number of the place in case you want to reach me. Don't lose it. I won't. Well, what's new and exciting about the white rose killer? Our famous lover of flowers? <laughs> We're still trying to track him down. I suppose I'll go looking for him at the flower show that's just opened. Oh, a flower show just opened? Yeah. Well, uh, goodbye now. I'll be seeing you. <laughs> What uh, floor is the flower show, please? Third floor, miss. Three, please. Third floor. Where's the rose display, please? Uh, to your left, over there. See where the man in the gray coat is? In the gray coat? Oh, yes, thank you. They are lovely, aren't they? Oh, you... You startled me. I'm sorry. I was just admiring the roses. Oh, yes, the nicest flowers here. I I just can't keep my eyes off them. Yes, you you can feel that way about some flowers. And that's the way I feel about white roses. Have you been here long? I really don't know. I suppose so. You you see, I've come here every day since the show opened. I, I like to be near the roses, the white roses. Those big ones are nice. No, I, I like the little ones best. The little tightly curled rosebuds. They're so little and innocent. Oh, well, I, I really better be going. Are you going down? Yes. Down, please. Here, miss, I, I took a rose... For you. Thank you. It, it's lovely. And would, you, would you care to have a drink with me? Why, yes, thank you. I know the little place a block or two down there. They have nice music. We'll go there. All right, whatever you say. This is it. Where's the music? A nickel in the jukebox, does it? Any special song you'd like? No, uh, go ahead and pick one. Okay. There we are. Oh, that's my favorite song. Reminds me of a, a girl I used to know. Oh, uh, excuse me, I, um, I want to powder my nose. I'll be right back. Do you mind? No, of course not. Thomas speaking. Hello, is, is Terry Riley there? 
just a moment. I'll see. Please hurry. It's important. No. Sorry, miss. Terry Riley's not here just now. Oh. Uh, will you, uh, will you tell him, tell him that I can't keep that date with him? Goodbye. Do you always go to the phone booth when you want to powder your nose? Why, I, uh, well, I, I had to make a call. Uh-huh. Well, I'm afraid I'll have to leave you. Oh, wait. Uh, let me come with you. I'm sorry, miss, but I've got other things to do. Oh. What's the matter? That car. Someone that knows me. Let's get away from here. That's just what I'm going to do. So long, lady. Wait, wait. Please don't go. Miss Virginia. Miss Virginia. I'm sorry, Miss Virginia. But I must speak to you for a minute. Oh, Edwards, what did you want? I'm sorry, miss. You'd better come with me at once. I've been looking for you everywhere. Your mother's been taken seriously ill. Mother? Where is she? She's out at the country place, miss. I drove her there shortly before dinner. She wanted to pay you a surprise visit. Oh. I believe the shock of not finding you there upset her, miss. Is she very bad? She had the doctor with her when I left. Mrs. Crosby has gone away for the day. Your mother needs you, miss. Well, let's go. Hurry, Edwards, please. Right, miss. Where is Mother Edwards? In her room, miss. You'd better hurry. Mother. Mother. It's Ginny. Is the doctor in there with you? Mother. Why, there's no one here. The room's empty. The bed hasn't been touched. What are you doing? Merely playing a song, miss. A favorite of mine. Uh, a favorite? Yes, Miss Virginia. Where's Mother? She's in the city, miss. You lied to me. I'm afraid I did, Miss Virginia. Why are you locking the door? You know why, Miss Virginia. It... it can't be. You're not the... The white rose killer. But you see, I am, Miss Virginia. Driving you and your family around day after day. Sitting there right in front of you all the time. It was amusing to watch you hunting for me. Hunting for someone you saw several times a day. It can't be. You're not insane. Of course not. Who said I was? Edwards, you know I'm not the girl who betrayed you. Yes, I know that. Well, then unlock the door and let me out. Please, Edwards. I've killed five times. I've never regretted it. I'm going to kill you, Miss Virginia. Why, Edwards? Why? Because you've been so clever. Too clever. You made yourself look like her, the girl who deceived me. I could have killed you the day you first went out looking for me, but I had to be careful. Oh. I almost caught you that night at the waterfront, the night I dropped the white rose when that police car came. Edwards, I... Uh, I've never done you any harm. Your sweetheart, Terry. He loves you, doesn't he? Yes. That's good. Because now you won't be able to deceive him like my girl deceived me. Keep away, Edwards. Keep away, I'll... <laughs> you thought you'd use your gun, eh? Well, don't think I was fool enough to overlook that. I took your gun out of your purse. It won't do you any good to kill me, Edwards. I didn't have anything to do with... <laughs> no, and you're not going to have a chance to break another man's heart like she broke mine. Jenny! Jenny! Terry, Terry! It won't do you any good to call to him. He can't get in here without breaking down the door. Keep away from me. Terry! It will be too late then, because I'm going to kill you now. Jenny, where are Terry! you? Terry! Yes, let me get my hands on that pretty white throat. Oh, keep away. Keep away from me. Terry! Stop! Stop! 
Are you all right? Yes, Terry, I... I'm all right. Oh, take it easy. Here, sit down. Oh, Terry, I was so scared. There was nobody here but Edwards and I. How... How did you know where I was? Oh, it was simple. You were supposed to meet me at the coffee shop. You never broke an appointment, and when you didn't show up, I called the number you gave me. You told me the housekeeper was here all the time. And when there was no answer, I got suspicious and came down. Besides, when I got a message down at headquarters that you had to break a date with me, I knew something was wrong. Are you sure you're all right? Yes, I... I'm... uh... Terry. Look. On the floor beside Edwards. A white rose. Must have fallen out of his pocket. That was meant for me. Oh, Terry, it's... It's all crushed. Yeah. Crushed and dead. Just like the white rose killer. And so closes The White Rose Murders, starring Maureen O'Hara. Tonight's tale of... Suspense. This is your narrator, the man in black, who, speaking for Columbia, hopes you have enjoyed... Well, guys, that does it for Miss Ellen Drew and Miss Maureen O'Hara in their performance for the last rose of summer which is my last performance for the month of july but join me tomorrow afternoon as i bring back to the show don amici and francis langford in the bickersons and join me this coming tuesday as we welcome to the show writer producer and director Mr. Robert Newman and then the following Friday please welcome back to the show Miss Lucille Ball you can follow the show on your favorite podcast platform by typing in mystery and comedy old time radio podcast you can follow me on Spotify Apple Google Podcast Addicts, CastBox, and many other podcast platforms. If you've liked the show, please comment and subscribe, guys. Have a great night. Thanks.